I myself, the producer of this podcast, is not eligible to diagnose anyone with a mental health disorder. This podcast is purely for artists discussing the mental health hurdles they struggle with on a daily basis. Enjoy. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Where Is My Mind, a podcast about mental health and the arts. And today I have an actress on that I've had the pleasure of being in one virtual acting class with um, through Robin Parrish. And um, we just kind of friended each other on social media. I see that you're working a lot on a bunch of different stuff. It seems like you're very busy. Um, you reached out saying, hey, I'm a very, um, I'm, I'm an advocate for mental health and arts and um, I would love to like come on and talk and I, I really appreciate that a lot. Um, and then today I have actress, um, are you writer, director, producer? Uh, do you do any of those as well? I have done a little production work. I am going to start writing my own stuff. So soon I'll be able to add that to my awesome. bag of awesome. tricks, but uh, primarily just an actor for now. Well, d- welcome, Sarah. What's up? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Chris? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Thank you for coming on um, and and wanting to talk about this, this specific topic. For those who haven't heard um, my whole spiel before each episode, I let each guest, you know, I give them a list of topics to discuss and see what they would like to talk about. And this is one Sarah picked. Um, and it's basically how, you know, depression, and anxiety affect, um, artists specifically, you know, artists rather than non-artists. Um, was there something that you, um, that drew you to this specific topic? Um, just the fact that you mentioned it, I think that there's such a negative stigma with depression and anxiety. And it's like, you know, growing up as a kid, uh, late generation X, I guess, I kind of feel more like a Gen Xer than an, an elder millennial, but, um, you know, it wasn't okay to talk about those stuff. And for me, um, I lost my dad when I was really young and I didn't really learn how to process emotions until later in life. Uh, and so that's how I kind of got into theater. Theater was an escape for me. And it was, it almost felt wrong to be that happy and allowed to express myself in a sort of healthy outlet, if you will, um, as opposed to other means. And um, it wasn't until I got older that I realized that I was actually really depressed for a long time. And, um, and so now that I'm, that I'm older, I'm sort of like course correcting and try to rewire and all that just to be a better person and just to have a better overall balance which I think has helped a lot with the artistry so how long have you been acting for I started I was I was 11 um I did my first musical it was Greece it was I thought I was super cool um <laughs> just in the chorus but uh but yeah I did a, it was a local production through the boys and girls club and then um it took me a while to come out of my shell. And so then I didn't get back into theater until I was in high school and I was convinced I was going to do it in college, but the college that I got into wasn't offering theater as a major. So I went the communications route and kept going, um, eventually getting my terminal degree. And then uh, when I was finishing out my PhD, I got back into acting because it was something I always wanted to do. I always felt kind of like something was missing. So I wanted to get back into it. It's always something where, especially if I feel like if you continue to be drawn to something and it, you know, it doesn't have to be arts, but in this case it is, if you keep, if you're, or keep drawn to it and you know, it's something that makes you happy, like then it's, it's no, I mean, it's, 
I don't know. It's it's kind of a no brainer to you know keep doing it. You know, and I think it's tough for you know people to work a nine to five and still like act. But you know, you're one of you know a handful of people I know still doing that. You know, um, balancing you know a, a, a pretty long job or a, a, you know a job that does take a lot out of you, and then like you're all right, I got to turn around and do auditions and do you know, uh, you know, classes and things of that nature. So it's really not for the faint of heart, you know, and I think thing, yeah, things like that add to, you know, add to, uh, I guess, anxiety and, and, and depression. Have you, um, have you been to therapy? Are you currently going? What are your uh, thoughts on, on, on therapy? You know, and I go back to what I was saying, um, earlier when I was younger, um, it was kind of, I sort of looked at it as sort of like, oh, it's only the, it sounds bad about what I'm about to say. And I certainly don't mean it this way, but because my views changed, you know, as the conversations have become healthier surrounding mental health. Um, but, you know, I never took the time to go to therapy when I was a kid. Um, I was kind of, sh I shied away from it. And then being Hispanic, um, especially being from South Texas and really close to Mexico along the border, uh, it was just kind of frowned upon, I guess you could say. So, I just didn't, I just didn't get into it. And then um, when I was working a corporate job, I actually got held at gunpoint. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty scary seeing my life flash it's before Christ. my eyes, but it was sort of the catalyst that got me into therapy. And it started to uncover a lot of the stuff that I didn't realize was beneath the surface. And it started to manifest as I got older. And it was always like, why am I so anxious? Why am I always like kind of sad? you know? Yeah. Um, so yes, I do go to therapy. Um, I've been in therapy now for almost four years. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure anyone would want to go to therapy after being held at gunpoint. And, and that's insane. And you said it was f from your day job or. I was, I would go to school uh, every other Saturday working on my graduate degree. And then I would go to work um, on the days that I wasn't in school. So it was a Saturday that I, that I wasn't in school and I was working. Uh, it was supposed to be a half day. I was supposed to go have lunch with my mom. And I was like, oh, by the way, I'm going to be late just a little. Things happen for a reason. And like I said, I, I really kind of look at it as a blessing in disguise because um, it uncovered a lot for me. And I always knew that I needed to, to address those things because I, I got into a lot of, I wouldn't say unhealthy behavior, but let's, I mean, lack there of a better term, um, sort of how I spent my 20s, just kind of like running away from stuff or, um, you know, resorting to alcoholic beverages to sort of ease the pain, if you will. Yeah. Nothing terrible, but, yeah. you know, we all have our different ways of coping. And I just got to the point where I was like, this isn't healthy. So would you say, I guess, you said therapy, going to therapy kind of unlocks something in you. Do you think it would, do you think it helps you out with your, with your art? It's so interesting that you mentioned it earlier because a lot of people don't really get what the artist's life is about, right? Because like you said, it, it is working the regular job. And for some people, um, that's different for everybody. And sometimes you do have to work the nine to five or you do have to work full time just to support yourself, especially in New York and to be able to do the acting things. Um, because if you don't, then I think that sort of lends itself to anxiety and depression. And um, in therapy, um, fortunately, I, I do have a really great therapist that she is, um, she lets me talk about it. And we talk about you know, like, what is the norm for an artist? And the thing is, is there is no nor norm for the artist, but I will say 
I'm sure you could relate to this. It's like, <laughs> there does come a certain amount of anxiety if you're not, or comes with it. If you're not always auditioning all the time or, you know, it's always like book, 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 book. And why aren't you booking? And um, you're not doing enough. And so I think that um, it kind of, they coincide. And I remember um, when I was in school at Stella Adler, um, I did the summer conservatory. We talked a lot about how, growth as an actor and a human being are synonymous, right? So I've noticed a change in my work, like the more in depth or the more I try to approach things that are that are creating roadblocks for me in my work um, have allowed me to also open up as well and grow as an artist. Wow. And um, I find that it's easier to, to empathize with the character as well, put yourself in the character's shoes. I kind of, I think everything, you know, I've been trying to talk about on here kind of all of those roads to me lead to this topic because it's like, you know, I just wanted to start acting because I enjoyed it, um, doing it here and there. And then I started taking it seriously, like by going to classes, but I still feel like an imposter when I'm in acting classes. Cause I'm like, Oh man, I'm not, I can't act. I just can't, like, I feel like I can't act. And, if I'm on set with someone or I go to, you know, I haven't been to a lot of auditions as everyone else, it, everyone else seems to be. So it's just kind of like everything that you go through, I personally think is really like, it just leads to your anxiety, you know, you know, from, from what it sounds like to you, like you have a lot of outside forces, unfortunately, like leading to your anxiety, depression, and I'm sure a mixture of a mixture of you feeling like you have to quote unquote make it right um there is that and it's also it's also a challenge because um like you said if if you've been kind of like worked on your instrument if you will meaning like learning your body and learning your triggers and you know the way that you're gonna react under certain scenes or you know whatever the circumstance may be it does kind of lend itself to imposter syndrome and you do kind of feel like you know it's never good enough but at the same time I think for me, I've learned to embrace it. And I always just approach my work as a beginner. Not that I'm a beginner per se, but I'm certainly not where I used to be. And I find like just having that open mindset really helps uh, with the actor work. Um, and so, yeah, I, like you said, they all kind of lead back to this or sometimes, you know, like where the actor doesn't feel like they're good enough. And the truth is we are, and we can't be too hard on ourselves because we're still very much learning. Yeah, I think that's something, um, you know, I, I, and I know I'm repeating myself. So like to, you know, the people who may have been listening already or not, but I'm, I started off directing writing and there's very much a growth in that, you know, um, and there's very much a learning curve in that. And, you know, I just was the reason I got into acting because I was like, all right, I was auditioning for a few things when I was living in Florida and then no one was really casting. I was like, well, I know how to write and direct. So like, why not see what I can do, you know? But I think no matter what you, you know, where you come from, you know, whether you're coming from the acting background or directing or writing, like, yeah, there's always room for, you know, to grow and to be like, I know you said you're not necessarily new to it or, inexperienced per se but you're you know you're you're treating every you're treating every i guess you know project character as if like you're kind of like a novice at it you know and i think that's really important i think that's really important to kind of go into it with like very green and very fresh and very like oh you know i can 
you know, I can learn from this, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember sitting in class one day and, uh, it was a monologue class and one of my coaches, um, it was through Stella Adler. He was talking about like how it's really important for actors to stay humble because like the day that you think that you're super good at it or like you don't have any room to grow is kind of like the day you won't have a career anymore. Um, yeah, I think that all the time, honestly, like, like I, you, know, I, you can't, can't get too cocky about it. Yeah, no, you can't like you. I think about that all the time. I was like, yeah, you know, I feel like the moment people stop feeling like they can give anything to this world or to the art world is the day they, they absolutely have to stop. Um, like, yeah, they have to just stop being in it, you know, because it's, it's, you know, when you have filmmakers, writers, actresses, actors saying like, you know, oh, I'm still learning in there, you know, like a Meryl Streep type or they're an old, you know, an older, older actor, actress, or even older director. It's like, man, if they're still learning till the day they die, like, then I, I don't want to hear any actor say, oh, I already, I already got it down, Pat. I'm good. You know, cause you, it's a job, you know, it's a craft or it's a job where you're trying to learn the human condition. I guess that's a perfect word. And you're the human condition changes at every age. You know, I'm 34. I wasn't the same, you know, you mentioned about when you were in your twenties and you, you were handling stressful things by going out, partying, all that. That's how I think a lot of us did it. You know, my, my parents split at a very young age and you know, it's not the same as what you got went through, which it's fucking horrifying. Honestly, I couldn't imagine, you know, so to be able to ha be so young and not really know how to handle it. And then you get older and you realize what happened and then you're an adult and you're like, geez, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's tough to deal. It's tough to navigate through, you know? So the depression and the anxiety, like it, don't, it don't, just makes sense. You know, like I, it is interesting that most artists kind of fall under that like cliche of like broken artist or like depressed artist, but it's like, I feel like most artists just gravitate towards that. You know, do you feel that way too? Or I really don't know a happy artist, honestly. <laughs> like they, they could be happy on the surface and they could be great mood or great anything like that. But like, I think when it comes down to it, they have some pain there that they just haven't let the world see yet. Yeah, um, I remember sitting in class, uh, sitting in class, by sitting in class, I mean, I was on Zoom. <laughs> and uh, I was in my TV film class. And uh, I remember my coach telling me, he's like, wow, you've been hurt really badly. And I was like, if you only knew. <laughs> and I was like, but yeah, like, of course, like, I don't think anybody ever really gets through adulthood with any sort of without having some sort of trauma attached to themselves in some way, shape or form. We think it's all really valid, no matter like what we've all been through. Um, but to your point, yeah, I feel like my grief is kind of just like this thing that's always there. And I've just learned how to manage it. Um, but at the same time, it's really taught me about um, being in the moment, being present, you know, enjoying life and trying to be happy because you just really don't know when you're going to get it or I mean, yeah. when it's going to end or like yeah. when this, this opportunity will, will leave you. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, it, it was really important to me to talk about it, um, anxiety and depression, particularly because I think that, yeah, whether we realize it or not, somebody's going through something and it's important that we all come together and talk about it because that's how we destigmatize de it. And that's how we change the narrative and kind of look at it as, well, hey, like, we're all human. We're all going through something. Like, you're not alone, right? And like you said earlier, that's kind of what art is all about, right? Just trying to understand the human condition. 
so yeah sometimes yeah, no. it, all roads lead yeah back that, to it i've tried really hard to make a project that and i haven't yet but like make a project that kind of encap encapsulates encapsulates i can't speak that just kind of gathers everything that i've been feeling since like I was 28 until now because I feel like there was a big shift in like my late twenties, early thirties, um, you know, and, and only recently, like I've gotten married and, you know, in a really healthy relationship, there's been other times where I really haven't been. And I've been that third, fourth, fifth wheel. And, um, it kind of really affects you when you're in your thirties, you know, or late twenties or anything like that. So, I mean, I think, yeah, trying to kind of draw from what you're going through and like trying to put it on, you know, whether it be paper, on a canvas, on screen, um, in a classroom. I think, you know, I know people tell you not to dig deep and, and use personal strife or, or personal problems, but I think, you know, if there's a deep sadness in a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but there's like a deep sadness in you and a deep sadness in me and, you know, acting teachers are able to kind of like see that. I think it is best to kind of utilize it at some point because it seems like the sadness is just on, like you said, you were in a, you were in a class. I don't know really the context of you just went through a scene and he was like, what the hell, you know, I don't know if it's like on the surface, people see it on the surface with you or anything like that. But if it's on the surface, then I think it's easy to tap into it. You know, I don't really have anything to hide. I mean, I am who I am and it's doesn't define me, but I mean, does it come up sometimes? Yeah, it does. And it's just like, being kind or having that grace towards myself to be able to like, okay, if I need to go there, I can. But, you know, like you said, it's not really necessarily healthy all the time. Um, because no, emotional recall is a little, is really painful um, and seeing work and it's not healthy. But um, at the same time, was it Chekhov said that if you want to have a great acting life, then just go and experience life. And I think that 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 means that you don't shy away from the bad parts of it too. That was another reason I was like, oh, we should talk about this because it's like, it's like life's duality. I mean, some of those things happen that lead us to who we're supposed to be as a person and hopefully for the better. Yeah. I mean, you actually kind of make a good point about how we're always supposed to only tap into, I guess, maybe the shit that bothers us. Right. Or, you know, that we got to work through, but like you just said it perfectly, like life's duality, like there's moments that it's great and there's moments that are not so great. And, you know, I've shared with it a thousand times on this podcast about, you know, I've had a lot of ups and downs, you know, this past few months and everyone has. So, but I think that's just a perfect example of like really like what life is, you know, it's just a shit ton of shit ton of balancing acts, I guess. Right. Or it's a shit ton of trying to figure out like, you know, okay, this month we had some like heartbreaking news, life altering news next month. It's like, you know, you just got something that's going to change your life for the better. So like, it's all how you try to deal with it. And I think it's, I think it's the older you get, honestly, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm in my mid thirties and it's like, you know, I was having a very serious conversation with my mom about like, am I, cause I went to a, friend of mine his his sister passed away and he's like yeah no i feel terrible for him and my mom's like this is the worst like she loved her 30s i so far i'm not liking them but i love my 20s and you know and she was like no your 30s are good because you get to for most part you get to kind of 
figure out who you are and you, you know, financially you get to do shit that you really didn't get to when you were in your twenties and this, this and that, you know, and we were talking about it and it's just like the flip side of that is, is that, you know, you go into a lot of your friends, maybe parents funerals or you see like some family members getting older and it's just tough to deal with. And I was like, you know, I, I would, I would, I would do anything to get back to being a kid. That's at some point, because like when you're a kid, you got like, I got, I had no fear. I really didn't, you know? So, um, and I think that's, that's just, it's, it's interesting, you know, it's an interesting, and you know, you could probably speak on, you know, you, you had to kind of grow up quickly, I'm assuming with your father passing and it was, it was it just you and your mom? Did you have any sibling? Do you have any siblings? Yeah, uh, so my parents were married to other people before they married each other. So it was kind of like the modern version of the Brady Bunch. Um, all my siblings are actually half. You know, my mom had one son from her first marriage. My dad had three boys from um, his first marriage. I don't really consider them half. Um, so I'm yeah. technically the only child. But um, yeah, you know, I it's interesting because like nobody really talks about how grief or other sort of trauma that we experience throughout life, whether that's, you know, grief, rape, um, you know, all the taboo things that we're not supposed to talk about in today's modern society, but they're there. And I think it's all about how you handle it. And yeah, it's pretty scary sometimes. I mean, shit, some of the stuff that I dealt with even led me to, I had suicidal thoughts. And um, I think that, and nobody really talks about it because it's like, you know, in relationships develop, whether platonic or friendships, right? Like eventually those things come out into the open, but, you know, they come up and fear happens. You mentioned fear and it made me think, well, I think that if there's anything that those experiences have taught me, the really dark stuff is just that like, it's always going to be there and you can always, you can let it hold you back or you can let it be the fuel that kind of ignites the fire under your ass and to be honest like I remember um when I was in Houston before I came to New York um I was teaching at a university out there in Houston and um I'd come to New York and I like I got really serious about acting um like a year prior to me coming here and it was it was like all right Ceballos like you could just stay in Houston and Houston's great nothing bad to say about Houston but not enough art it's not the me- yeah it's not the mecca for acting and art right right and it was just like certain cities have their own have their own identity and you know I don't think there's nothing to apologize for but you know New York LA now now Atlanta you know it's the film these are the film capitals of the United States right now and it was just like, okay, well, I got to do this. Like, I just, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just got to go. And I remember being like both really scared and also really excited to come here. But that makes you human though, honestly. If you if you were one or the other, then it'd be like, okay, you know, something's a little off. You know, if you're not, if you're not totally, you know, you have a mixture of, emo- like I go through that every time I go on set every time I'm acting, every time I go to a class, I'm like, you know, what are people going to think of me? Yeah, it shouldn't, it, yeah, and if it go, that's how I look at it, a lot of stuff, you know, and, 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 you know, I know we're talking more about our personal things too, but like, when my parents split, like, I had to know, like, why? My sister, who's two years younger than me, she's like, I don't give a fuck, like, they split, like, that's, it's not, you know, I, she, I guess she didn't want to really live in it, but I, as, as I got older, I was like, I, I need to know why. 
personally, you know, and, you know, I guess when you kind of start finding things out and you start like picking and prodding and, and, and doing all that, you're not going to like what you hear. But the one th- I say all that because it's like, you know, one thing was like my parents just like stopped arguing and I'm not saying like, Oh, a healthy relationship, people argue, but like, if you are bickering with your, with your significant other, if you, it kind of, to me, it's kind of like, all right, well, you kind of give a shit, like you still give a shit that they, they, you want their attention or, you know, you, you like, you're trying to, you're, or like, if you do have a fight, you're like trying to fight to like get better. If you stop like fighting, my mom's like, we stopped fighting. I knew right then and there, like neither of us gave a shit anymore, you know? And I was like, wow, that's, kind of crazy so that's i always correlate to like if i'm at a job and i don't care about the job anymore i i physically feel myself not giving shit about the job or not caring about a project or not caring about this that's not good at so i say all that to say like you to have that emotion in it like when when you left houston and you were on the way to new york and you were feeling all that all that's really good because you're not like you know you were pushing yourself to do it i think i think personally i don't think artists get enough credit with how vulnerable we have to be just in general like in general like with everything you know like i think our entire job is vulnerability like all right you know like like i said you and i get cast in a movie then we have to do an intimate scene and we're like okay this is super awkward (laughs) like this is super awkward or like you know we're having a scene in a movie where you know one of us has to open up about like maybe being suicidal maybe being depressed like these are all things that maybe some people, I don't know how you are about it. You seem very open about talking about it. Me until this podcast, I was very much like, I don't need, I don't want anyone to know how, what I'm going through. So yeah, it's, there's that constant vulnerability, you know? No. And I mean, that's, that's also part of it too. And I think that that's like an, it's like an actor has to choose to be brave every single day. And, you know, it's, (laughs) sometimes I think I'm too open and I have a lot of respect for people that aren't because, you know, no, I'm, 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 I'm open, but I, I'm, and I'm, I used to be very open to strangers. Like, I want to say you and I are strangers. We, we know each other, but like, we haven't hung out or anything. So like for me to straight up, just be like, blah, 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 blah. blah. Um, and then like, if you're kind of quiet, I'm like, fuck, I did it again. I, I overshared, but like, that's just how I am. I would rather be that way than just be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I respect everybody's boundaries, you know, mm-hmm. some people are really reserved, some people aren't, you know, on the one hand, the people that played a little bit more safe, they never get hurt. But then, you know, and I mean, maybe they take risks in some other forms, but then it's like, you know, well, um, I don't know if you follow John P. Shanley, he's uh, one of my favorite playwrights, but um, he posted something the other day on Instagram, and it was like, well, if you're not taking risks, then it's like, did you ever really live in life? Um, so it's like, it's just a matter of like how you see Well, things. it matters of, yeah, it's a matter of what you technically think is a risk, you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Um, and you know, I think, you know, I, I lived in Jersey, I moved to Florida for school, then I moved back home. All those are journeys. Like you, you, you know, you said you lived South, South Texas on the border of, of Mexico. Um, and I'm sure you made your way up to Houston, then you made your way from Houston to the East Coast. And who knows where your your heart and head might take you next, honestly, unless if you're absolutely like now now you're a New Yorker and you're like, I'm never leaving. But, you know, if, if you feel the itch to do it, you don't seem to be be like, I'm just going to stay put, you know, stay staying put really never. I don't think really did much for a lot of people. You know, I can't see how any artists 
is so I, I don't know any artists who are really more complacent than anything you know they're always looking to kind of do something you know um and all that so why, why do you think artists feel or feel differently or differently yeah than non-artists and like i said this is not a disrespect to non-artists or anything i'm sure everyone goes through anxiety and depression who aren't in the arts but why do you think um actors feel so much you know more than than other professions out there I don't know that I've kind of always felt a little too much, even as a kid. I don't know if it's because like, I have a Pisces moon or whatever, um, uh, if you're into Zodiac stuff. But um, I I don't know if I know the answer to that. I would say for me, like it's definitely, it, it got a little bit more learned the more I studied because there was parts of me that I didn't want to share, but I feel like at the same time acting has, or being an artist has created that safe space where it's okay to be human in that regard that there is people that aren't gonna always hurt you. Cause I have been burned a lot in my life too, by, you know, um, toxic relationships and things like that. But um, being allowed to explore your craft, especially like, you know, in Robin's class um, that we took together, it was just, it was really refreshing and comforting. And it's like, you find your people and you find out that you're not alone. And that kind of makes you brave to tackle the next thing. Or it's definitely like, for me, I think it's a learned experience. Um, and why actors are a little bit more vulnerable than non-artists. I think, I think it's just because like you have that calling, you know, like artists kind of know at an early age that they're supposed to do something and give to this world in such a big way that's bigger than themselves. Um, and it, it's, it's, <laughs> I don't mean to talk about my, my alma mater so much, but I oh, remember yeah. also, we also learned in drama school, uh, what if, um, the director of the drama school Sattler, was saying that like artists are the guardians of humanity. And it's sort of like this call, I would say maybe leadership for lack of a better term, or, you know, the need for social justice to create, like, if it's not the artist pushing the bill forward, then who, you know, like, how are we going to evolve as a society, I think, or be able to talk about the tough stuff if it's not the artist doing it, you know, and it's like you said earlier, a lot of people think that it's really easy and it's not, <laughs> it's like the hardest thing I've ever had to do, honestly. And you just kind of see like the whole glitz and glamour of it all or the finished product, but nobody ever really sees like how much goes into it. Um, I don't know, I couldn't tell you. I just think that artists have that unique trait or skill set that's either innate with them, born with it, or they learn it to where they just tackle things and fearless in a way. When you're, when you're find yourself in, in a, depressed state or an, or an anxiety ridden state um do you think you can function as an artist if you are depressed and you have like an acting class or a project coming up would you you know you know what is that like for you um that's a great question for me if i'm in, if i'm anxious it does block me in my work so then um i have to go channel that and I realized a lot of that stemmed from, you know, me having to like do a lot of things at, a, at an early age on my own and kind of always living in survival mode and realizing that that's not healthy. Um, and then it was, was, it was in those classes in Houston where I started acting again, where I learned that that was blocking me. So I've kind of learned to, to run or to exercise or to meditate. So I stay pretty grounded and not in my head, so to speak, because the 
great acting does not come from the head, right? It comes from the heart. Um, and then when I'm depressed, it's tough. You know, I just I just recently went through a life experience um, not too long ago. I had a family member that I that got diagnosed with cancer. Unfortunately, they're okay now, thank God. But um, I was pretty sad for a bit there the last couple of weeks, and uh, I kind of had to like put it on the table for a sec and just focus on one thing at a time. And um, I don't know, something about acting, it just really kind of releases all of that. I think it's easier for me to, to act when I'm depressed than it is when I'm anxious. Yeah, it's interesting. And to I'm just trying to relate to you um, with this. And I, I don't know if I told you through text messages or whatnot about like, you know, I have a lot going on too, like with my stepfather and his stroke and found out found out my aunt had has uh stage two lung cancer as well it takes you out of it it's it's life i hate to say it like that and obviously when you're in the middle of it and or in the beginning of it and you're like oh my god like this is what life is like now like i'm never going to be able to overcome this or i'm never going to be able to like it's nothing is going to be the same and like you know six seven months down the road yeah life is different but and stuff like that you have to remember like you know, still treat that person or treat every scenario as if like really nothing changed and that'll help you kind of get by, you know? Um, but I haven't been able, besides this podcast, been able to really create anything and do anything. And I've acted in a few people's films here and there just as a, as a day player, as, you know, reoccurring here and there, nothing, nothing crazy. And it's, it's really has affected me because it's like, I can't seem to fucking like shake this, you know, and I'm really feel like I'm stuck and I'm like, I'm trying to push through a wall and the wall has, there's no, or push through something and there's just no give and creatively. And like the only thing I've thought of creatively was a script about suicide, about a, a character going somewhere to co- to go kill himself. And it's like, that was never really like, you know, I, I was never really like that. I, I always tried writing s- semi-serious stuff, but nothing to where it's like, a character going to kill himself. So it's like, man, like, you know, am I happy that like, I'm actually forming ideas now? Or is it kind of like, dude, like, you know, take a break, maybe relax. You have a lot going on, take a breath and don't, don't force it, you know? And no, you, that's exactly what I was going to say is like, it's about, cause I don't know. I, I think like every actor is different, you know, and some people can function with it and some people can't. And some people like, it's about knowing your instrument and knowing your limits and sometimes you can work with it and sometimes you can't and if you can't that's okay too and I think that we need to remember that especially as artists and kind of not worry about the business side so much or not worry about the end goal and just yeah. be human because that's what acting is about anyway or being an artist or writing yeah. I will say um yeah a lot of people have told me that they journal in general you know, whether our artist friends or not, and it says it helps, you know, and, and all that. Um, really quick. Are you still down? Are you still good to keep talking? Right. I know it's eight o'clock, but cool. Cool. All right. Um, yeah. Going back to the journal thing. Yeah. My therapist makes me journal a lot and she does some exercises that are really helpful. Um, whether it be writing, whether it be, you know, there's always this weird, this term has a weird like meaning around like role playing, nothing crazy, nothing weird. Just like, it's like, I am talking to someone I have an issue with and she's that person. 
you know, everyone thinks role playing is either cosplay or anything else dirtier. It's nothing like that. It's just her letting me have the space where I'm able to talk and and treat her as as such. And I think that's very interesting. Um, so, so you said you're you're more focused or your art is better when you're depressed versus when you're anxious. It's a little bit easier to like perform I would say I don't know but there's been times I've been really anxious to go on stage and I'm like you just gotta do it I mean it's um depend it's I hate to say that situational but sometimes it is um there's days where I can't do anything and I have to sit with it because if I don't then I'm kind of suppressing it again and that's not healthy either but I think like having that awareness of like knowing where you're at as an artist whether you know that you can manage with it or Mm -hmm. you know you're like no I can't and taking a step back from stuff, I think is also really important. Did you start off acting on stage or on film? Stage. Um, but then when I got back into it um, about five years ago, it was film. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Has there been, um, what are the challenges for you um, for both film and stage? Or what are some, and then what are some like, Oh, you feel very confident. Some some things like that where you feel like, oh, I feel I feel great, you know. Uh, go figure. I kind of am a natural, so it seems <laughs> drama. I'm like, no, but I'm like, oh, I want to get into comedy because it's happier. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's that's going back to you know life experiences and helping you kind of tap into whatever you need to to be able to relate to that character if you can, right? Knowing your balance and not harming yourself in the process. Um, do certain things come easier for me? Uh, it really just depends, you know. Sometimes there's roles that I've been really able to relate to the character in a theatrical space, um, and. I could just like know the character and it comes a little bit easier as opposed to some other characters that are a little bit more of a stretch. Um, I think for TV film, you know, the challenge of course is, you know, battling the self tapes. They just had the, this conversation with another actor the other day and it was just like, I really miss in person auditions because you could get adjustments and you were like, you knew how to course correct. So I think for me right now, that's a challenge um, course correcting on my self tapes and making sure that I'm kind of uh, getting the version of the character that the casting director is looking for. But, you know, that's hard to determine because I'm not in the room with them. And there's so many other things like going to casting besides, you know, just type. They could be, you know, want somebody younger, they found somebody older, they could less attractive, more attractive. It's, yeah. Um, Do I prefer one or the other? I kind of enjoy TV film a little bit more, but then again, theater is just always rich and rewarding too. Yeah, I've never done theater. I've um, only done film, and I auditioned for theater in 2021, and I made it to the last like audition. Like they did, they held three auditions. I made it to the third one and didn't get it, which made me feel really good because it's like I've never done done it before. So that you know, it's very small off, you know, small playhouse here in New Jersey. So I was like, yeah, no, it was, it was like, oh, that's maybe that's something. But she knew right away. She knew I was a, a film. I came from the film world right away because I, I wasn't like projecting enough or being loud or anything. I thought that was really funny because film is all about. Yeah. You know, and that, that was the thing I was going to say, you know, um, getting starting back again, going to TV film. And then um, when I came to New York and I started training on the theater side, it was like, 
oh, you're too small. And then so I had to learn to be bigger. That's what, and now that I've learned that, so it's, <laughs> now that's a challenge sometimes in TV. I'm like, okay, dial it back, dial it back. It's funny. They said you're too small. It's like, well, what do you want me to do? You know, <laughs> like, what are you expecting? You know, do you as an artist, do you, have you ever made yourself, um, like if you were already, if you were already feeling like upset, right. And you're like, I can either try to shake myself off or I could like bury myself in this. Right. I think everyone goes through that. Um, do you think like be for you personally or other artists, do you think other artists, um, or yourself make yourself like depressed to create more effective art? No, no. Um, for me, I don't find that for me, I can't speak for other artists. Um, I don't find that healthy. Um, that's kind of, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't find it healthy. Have I done it? Probably <laughs> when I was uh, much more greener and very novice to it again, I probably did on realizing um, that that wasn't healthy because it's like, you know, there's only so many times that you can relive some traumatic events before it doesn't trigger you anymore. And so, you know, then in acting or in drama school, they always say, well, that's why they call it acting. And, you know, there's other tools to relate to the characters. Um, if I'm already in that state, that's different. I'll do, yeah. usually, usually try to use that energy to just like get through the scene, especially if the scene calls for being, you know, sad or angry. It's kind of easier to tap into that character um, if you're already there. But, you know, feelings are temporary. So <laughs> that's why you use, you know, imagination work and body movements and stuff like that. Or, you know, some of Uta Hagen's technique, techniques to get you to that truth of the character. One thing I've just been asking actors um, all across the board is their thoughts on method acting um, and if they do it or not. Um, I won't tell you what everyone else's answer is until I, <laughs> until I hear yours. I just, I'm, I'm just interested because I think it's something that's not talked about at all. And I think people who do do it, um, it, it could really do a lot of damage to the mental health and to the brain and all that. So, um, and I'll, I'll give you my like, honestly, honest opinion as well after, after I hear yours. You know, I had this conversation with my coach back in Houston. I went home um, about a month ago and I hadn't seen her, you know, since before the pandemic. And it was, it was very warm and cathartic and homecoming experience, if you will, because it's like when you start training with somebody and then you go off into a bigger market, you want to make them proud. And I just was like in a state where I didn't think that I would have. But she's like, you're out there, you're doing it. You're in the arena. I'm so proud of you. But, you know, we had that conversation to answer your question and um, we were, I was telling her for me that it just kind of always goes back to the basics, right? What are the given circumstances of the scene? What is the character going through? Where, where are they? You know, all the basic fundamental questions. Um, that's kind of somewhat foundational in method acting. I mean, um, they all kind of come from Stanislavski, right? Like if you look at the trajectory of theater theory, if you will, I guess, you know, and you had Stel Adler, you had um, Meisner, and you had Uta Hagen, and then you had Strasbourg, which everybody kind of frowns on Strasbourg because that's where you get the unhealthy acting. Um, but they all kind of borrow from it in a way, whether we like it or not. I think, uh, are there dangers with it? Absolutely. Yeah, like you said, sometimes some actors will just go to the deep end and that's not healthy. Um, there was this joke we had in drama school where they would say like, don't do the, like if the scene calls for being sad or like you have to break up with your significant other or whatever, they're like, don't go do that in real life. Like 
they called it Lindsay Lohan acting. That's funny. Apparently that's what she did. And I'm like, no shade against her either. But I mean, you know, but they were kind of trying to make a point, right? Like, don't go like wreck your home if that's what you think is going to help you. I don't see the point in it. You know, everyone says like, if you do it, you know, it's kind of detrimental to the environment on set and the environment that you're portraying. Like Shia LaBeouf is really into it. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, but I also think that um, the term is um, like, I think all actors have a certain method. I know it sounds stupid or silly, but like if I'm doing a role where like, my last movie, I keep, you know, I keep bringing this up when we talk about method acting, but like the last thing I did was where I had to play a character where like my kid was missing and I didn't drink. And I mean, I, did, I wasn't sleeping for days and I was drinking a lot. Now, was I doing that in real life? No, because I need I need my six to eight hours of sleep. But I was listening to music. I, you know, I think obviously makeup is a big thing. <laughs> it can help out with that as silly as it sounds. Um, but getting into that headspace of like being on set and like, you know, for me, I was the writer producer. My friend was directing, so he had to handle. You know, I asked him, "Do you need help with crew?" He's like, "No, just focus on your character." So I put my headphones in and I went away, and I just kind of like got into the zone. To me, that's some sort of method. Now, am I going home like that character? No, I'm not. You know, I'm. You know, but the hour drive home from set from the city to home, and I'm able to unwind. I think that also helps too. So I think there's a lot of factors that go into it, you know? Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Eventually you kind of just borrow from everybody and make your own acting. Kind yeah. of, yeah, get your own method going. Interpretation of it. Yep. Yeah. Whatever works for, for each actor is unique and different. And then it's like, yeah, then you have to have that time to come out at character depending on how deep you have to go with it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, to an extent, yes, but also no, because it's unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, before we 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 sign off here, um, uh, do you have any parting words for any actor, actress, young, old, same age, um, going going through it? Um, anything that you can help with, or is there a message you want to send to future Sarah down the road? <laughs> you know that to listen yeah, to listen to this or anything like that. But no, if you have words of wisdom or any notes to yeah the thing that comes to mind right now um i always think of dolly parton uh, and it's so crazy because you know she's out there but she's great at it but she always said figure out who you are and do it on purpose and those are words that have stuck with me since i was a kid and i have to remember that who i am changes and um i'm also learning to not be afraid of that you know, and just embrace life, whether that's good or bad. Uh, eventually, we all get to where or who we're supposed to be. So, um, yeah, if there is an artist or actor that is going through a tough time and dealing with these things, my parting words would be like, you're not alone. Um, I know it sounds like a cliche, but things do eventually get better and you get better. And it's it's all about I've learned to kind of just sort of find the silver lining, if you will, or staying grateful even during the tough times, because that's how you get to the good times too. And you can't have one without the other. So um, I think it's all a part of growth and, and learning as well and embracing it. Perfect. I love that. Love it. <laughs> all right. Um, thank you for hopping on here and, and talking and, and, and being very, um, open and, and vulnerable and 
Um, I think I think all that will definitely help someone listening to this if they need it. You know, um, thank you again, Sarah, for for hopping on, and everyone who else who's listened to this podcast. Um, thank you, and until next time. Thank you, Chris. We'll see you later. Once again, this is Where Is My Mind, a podcast about mental health and the arts. I'm host and producer of the podcast, Christopher Arangio. All episodes will be available on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, and Amazon Music. Once again, this is Chris Arangio, and thank you for supporting.